is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always are my podcasting partners, Paul and Dan. What's going on, everyone? How we still doing? there? We can't see you. Paul's, camera, Paul's camera's broken. Like that's so. Like it's it's 2021, right? Let's go. Anyway, the camera's open. not broken. It Paul's is broken. Calling <laughs> Paul's calling in from a landline. <laughs> He's got a reception. Be better with can with a piece of string tied to it. Anyway, okay. Welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is us. Make sure to give all of us a follow on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay Paul. At Dervish of World. Dan. D Dorts89. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever pod form brings you our beautiful voices week in and week out. All right. Hey, so really quick, Dan, before before you launch into like, you know, some read for a company that doesn't sponsor us, I want to go ahead and introduce our special guest that we have here this week because we do indeed have a guest. It seemed appropriate to have a guest as we're inching closer to the season. And this gentleman, frankly, really doesn't require any introduction as far as I'm concerned. He has a voice so smooth that one would perhaps compare it even to, I don't know, the smoothness of Buffalo Trace whiskey. Friend <laughs> 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 of the program, voice of the people, and general all-around good guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Ladies and gentlemen, John Bloom. Fellas, uh, I came for the bourbon. <laughs> I don't know if I have any left, Bloomer. I mean, this I, I kind of uh, went went through about half the bottle last episode, so uh. <laughs> we could tell. <laughs> That's what I, you I, do I, when you don't have hoops, Dan. You know, you you gotta you gotta sustain yourself during this uh, short off season, and apparently, uh, it's been the trace that that's made it work for you. And I'm proud of you for. You know, uh, representing the way you did, I'm sure they're going to sign up to to really just be the underwriter of uh, fanning the flames any second. It might happen while we're talking on the pod form. Yeah, might be breaking news. I agree. Oh, uh, that would uh, yeah, be that would know, be something if there was some breaking news, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be something. Um, mm. but yeah, man, I've, I'm I'm still. Uh, you know, I know people say I'm, I should be happy about last season, which I am. But I'm still not over it, so I got to drink the trace while I'm talking about the Suns. Hmm. Was that it this week? That was. I feel like that was lackluster, Dan. You're, we're not going to get a sponsorship with that type of performance. Oh, don't worry. I'm saving it for the mid, the the break in the middle of the podcast. Okay, fantastic. I'm. Uh, I, I feel like two glasses the, in first. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the actual commercials we have to run during this might might want to dispute your timing of that. But hey, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to. I'm not here to talk contracts. Am I? No, I'm not. Not today. Hey, you know what? Wait, we're now not going to talk contracts. Oh, hey, Paul. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop saying "Oh, hey, Paul" every time he speaks. And continuing with this really terrible joke about, oh, my gosh, he's not on the screen because nobody listening knows that. Right. So anyway, so let me step back and say this. Now that I have let everyone know we have a guest with us, Bloomer, how you doing, man? You know what? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it was uh, a thrill to be back in the gym uh, with the guys uh, at Media Day on Monday. And uh, it was 
kind of a blur, but it was my also the, the first time I stepped foot in the training facility. That all happened uh, on Monday. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go there last season. Uh, so they had me go there to get a blood test. And uh, as I'm getting ready to uh, hit the road with the team and do the road games on the radio again. So uh, very, very jacked up for that to all be, uh, you know, coming back to fruition. Because last year, while it was such an amazing season of Suns basketball, uh, there were definitely a lot of challenges as far as trying to call games off of a television monitor in a conference room deep in the bowels of the uh, you know transformed arena, as we discussed, uh, I think, a couple times on the podcast. And uh, so now to be back on the road, to be doing it the way it's supposed to be done is phenomenal. To add to that, the fact that this team is businesslike and seems to be just ready to go back out and get to work makes me even more fired up to see what they've got in store for us this season. And uh, just to get to see everybody in person, get a chance to introduce myself to Chris Paul walking in the hallway yesterday. Uh, and that was a nice thing. You know, so weird to go a full year of calling a guy's games and not even having a chance to meet him. But uh, that was a thrill. And, and just getting a chance to see a lot of the guys that I hadn't seen or interacted with for a year uh, plus, you know, a year and a half uh, was was really good. That training facility, by the way, uh, even more attractive in person than on the uh, videos and pictures that I had seen since they built that thing. It is gorgeous. Yeah, so, okay, like, a ton to unpack right there. And you <laughs> went right to the first thing that came to mind for me, and that was, that's, what was, with the practice facility, what was kind of the thing that really jumped out, you really sticks out in your mind going, oh, wow, like, that's phenomenal. Is there anything in particular? Well, I think we all know kind of the location of it, right? Right there at the corner oh, of the uh, knows. Court. <laughs> and Camelback, uh, you know, it's it's at the base of Camelback and it's just, uh, you know, got views almost from every angle when you're there. So just the, the location of it's neat to begin with. But then when you get inside and you see the way they did it, and all the little, you know, um, touches and, and just the lights and some designs of the suns and the valley and, and the different, you know, uh, symbols that we've all come so familiar with uh, over the years. The way they did it, I just think it's it's all class. Uh, there was even a thing that I took a picture of right out front. Um, it was like a, a plaque of sorts, but that doesn't do it enough justice because it was much shinier and prettier than what you would think of as a plaque. And it was in front of the building, and it had every single member of the Suns roster uh, since the inception of the team. And I thought that was just so classy, you know? So anybody who's ever played for this team, when they come visit that training facility, they're going to see their name right in front of it. And uh, I, I thought there were just a number of things like that, not to mention Justin knows me, man. I saw that. I saw the golf simulator. It took every ounce of my like uh, holding back to <laughs> take a couple swings. I was I was there for the blood test. I sat down next to DeAndre Ayton. We got our blood drawn simultaneously as he was telling the whole crew about his 32 inch son at six months old, already almost three feet tall. That's oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> 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 and he made a comment like, "I don't know how he's so big." Yeah, we we're like, "Ah, I wonder where." He's <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so that it gets, all height from, it gets all the height from his mother. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I saw the golf simulator though, but I did. I used my restraint. I did not uh, take a golf swing. I, I just walked straight out of there. I can't wait to get back there. Maybe this week I'll catch some of the the practice, and then uh, oh, we, it's, it's crazy. We we get on a plane on Sunday. We're headed to Sacramento. Game one of the preseason is less than a week away. Six days wow. away. God, six that's days wild. away. That is so wild. Not going to be broadcast anywhere, Bloomer, besides your audio? 
but because if not, I will be pay, tuning into that audio. Uh, that's a good question. I will look at that while we're talking. I do know, yeah, for sure, we're going to be on 98.7 uh, Sunday night. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, ba- we'll be bouncing back and forth throughout the season, especially road games-wise, uh, between 98.7 and, uh, 90, and 6.20 a.m. Uh, but this one Sunday night will be on the FM. Uh, this is not on TV as far as I'm concerned on Monday night, I should say. Monday night, October 4th. Game one in Sacramento, not televised. All the rest of the preseason will be. You got the the Lakers game uh, at home on Wednesday is on NBA TV. The uh, Lakers game on the road is on ESPN next Sunday, uh, the 10th. And then Wednesday, the 13th, they wrap up at home against Portland, and that's another NBA TV game. So all those games will be able to be seen by people who have NBA TV uh, and ESPN, obviously, uh, the local TV guys, K Ray and EJ and Ann Myers Drysdale and company won't uh, fire it up until the regular season starts. You know, I, I think, I think there is a easy solution to the first game, not being broadcasted, uh, on television. And that's, uh, live stream via John Bloom. Yes. I mean, I mean, <laughs> even a private pitch. viewing party, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Listen, if you know what I do, then you know that if you listen to the radio, it's it's basically like watching the game. I'm going to paint the picture. Close your eyes. Lay back. If Bloomer, if if I were your lawyer, I'd be so proud of you with that answer right there. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. That was listen, beautiful. Listen, man. And accurate, that, may I may I add. And accurate, may I add. Go in. Go ahead, Dan. The the thing about listening to Bloomer call games is sometimes I gotta match his intensity, man. He calls it like it is. And I love that. Because you know, sometimes you gotta listen to never mind. I won't even go there. You gotta <laughs> listen to Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson call games. So I mean yeah, man, it's uh, it'll be fun to listen to you, uh, Bloomer, especially those first few games. It'll be like, uh, you know, like therapy for me since, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm still going through like what? What is it? The seven stages of acceptance, seven stages of grief, of grief? and you're only on like two still. Hey, hey, don't judge me, man. You know what stage I'm on? I'm on stage nine. That's where you just put it all down deep and just let it all you know boil up. Yeah, but you're also the Catholic in denial stage. for like the first the seven. Catholic stage. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's actually, Jesus I mean, Christ. as as a Catholic, I will not disagree with you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay, so uh, wow. Uh, now the the whole sorry the religious thing just threw me off. Okay, so let's go <laughs> back to talking. Let's go back to talking to Bloom and not Paul. All right, shall we do that? <laughs> Please do. So. So thank you. Much more interesting. Thank you again, Paul. (laughs) Your editorializing, though, is is spot on, and I very much appreciate it. Um, The voice of God. All right, Uh, (laughs) Bloom. So we've got. So you just we were just talking. You were just talking about going back on the road, and I don't know. Has that has that been out there? I know. uh, You know. You mentioned it right here. Is that the first time that's kind of been floated out there? I, I. yeah, are we breaking news? Yeah, oh. you kind of are. God uh, damn it, Paul! Don't jinx it. <laughs> I've been on the station in a while, and this is the first podcast I've been on since I've known that we were back on the road. So yes, this is uh, breaking Suns broadcasting news that the uh, 
both the radio and TV crews are set to be back on the, the team plane. And that is a, a absolute thrill. Um, and, and again, I, I want to mention it in a couple of ways. I think I understood why they went the route that they did last year. Um, and, you know, it was, it was all initially based on COVID and uh, you know, they're trying to figure all that stuff out still as we go. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what it's like going to different cities with the team and seeing how it's handled in different places. Uh, because I know there are certain restrictions, some places more so than others still in this country. So that's going to be something that's fascinating. But for me, you guys know this, uh, I've talked enough to, to the three of you over the last few years that, uh, it's all about calling the games for me. I just, I absolutely love doing that. I love describing the action to those who don't have the images, uh, painting that picture like we talked about. So just thinking about it right now, my blood is already juiced. I'm already uh, bringing the energy, man. I can't wait to get that headset on, sit with Tim Kempton and see what this team's going to do. Now, obviously preseason is going to be different and we'll see, you know, how much the actual starters are going to play. Devin Booker, we don't even know if he's going to play at all because he's not with the team right now in training camp. So uh, I think it, it, it could be a, a situation where we're talking a lot about guys like Chase and Randall and Chandler Hutchinson and, and guys that maybe uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about yet, uh, at least, uh, you know, Monday's game in Sacramento and, and maybe the first couple preseason games might be that way. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to you guys being back on the road too. I mean, I, I, because of the way I work in my schedule, I tend to work some late nights. So I, I, I listen to you a lot on the radio and frankly, even sometimes when I'm at home watching the game, especially if the local guys aren't broadcasting for some reason. I, 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 I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't do the national, the national media with, with the Suns. I just can't. So I'll, I'll try to sync up like the streaming 98, seven with the TV. It, it hardly ever works, but regardless, uh, but no, I think it's great that you guys are getting back on the road. That's outstanding. Uh, very much looking forward to that. And you bring up, you brought up one point that I think is worth at least commenting. Although I think I'm going to, be able to guess what everybody's feedback is in this group, maybe. But Devin Booker, obviously, as he said it the other night, he's got the vid, uh, so he's not with <laughs> with the Suns during training camp right now. Uh, any any concern about that from from anybody within the respective group here? And you know what? How about we let our our voice of God chime in here to, to start off, Paul? Wherever you might be, if you're still there, I hope you're still there. I'm still here. <laughs> what do you as think, buddy? Circle in the upper corner. I'm still here. I I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I think with this team because there's so much continuity compared to this year and last year. I mean. It's uh, he's probably missing out on some wrinkles, but you know he's the kind of guy who'll catch up on those pretty easily. You know, it'd be I think it might be a different story if it had been like a previous season where like eighty five percent of the roster turned over and he and one maybe one other guy was the only uh, returning players. Because I, I think we actually had to deal with something that one year where he like hurt his hand, hurt his wrist, I think, and he missed most of training camp, and that probably didn't help with the start because he was still trying to get used to everybody. But this year, I'm not. I don't really have too much worry about it i mean this point you know he's got it we don't really have to worry about too much worry about him getting it again it's better that he got it now than middle of season is missing two weeks in the middle of the season so better now than you know the western conference finals too right yeah, yeah for you sure know. no you know yeah <laughs> yeah middle of playoffs but I hey mean, it worked out it worked out mostly most well for that series it worked out just fine but dan go ahead i have Absolutely zero concern. Um, 
By the way, that that season where he broke his hand, that was 2018. That was DA's first season, first season of Igor Kokoshkov, which uh be a forgettable one, but you can say that it was a start of something beautiful because that's when DA got here and they were in the finals three years later. So we'll just look at it that way. Um, I can't forget word. how to pronounce his name right. Nice work, Dan. With the Kokoshkov. You even had the, the shook part of it. <laughs> I mean, they only, you know, they only uh, you know, use that as a – you know, as a, you know, commercial on 98.7, like, you know, 98% of the time during sun season. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I have no worry about it. Um, you know, Devin Booker's, I, if there's one person that I'm not worried about, I would say it's Booker 1A and Chris Paul 1B, right? Um, those guys are a well-oiled machine. Uh, Devin Booker played in the Olympics right after the finals. And, I mean, dare I say, got better by playing defense, which was great. I mean, he got there the day, what, the day before they were going to play and then got inserted into the starting lineup by maybe one of the best coaches of all time. So that's to tell you what kind of player he is. I'm not worried about him missing some time. And we don't even know how much time he's going to miss, right? Um, I've kind of tried to piece a couple things together. Uh, If you guys recall, about a week ago, our good friend Flex from Jersey uh, was on a local podcast for the PHNX uh, website, and he mentioned that there was something that he could, he could not say, but he was upset about. Um, so if that was a week ago, that means they found out a week ago. So we found out a couple days ago. So if my math is correct, he should be back inside of a week. So he really shouldn't miss that much time. Today was the first full day of uh, practice, training camp practice. I'm going to guess they're not going to practice a ton leading up to the game. Ah, maybe they will. I'm, 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 maybe I'm – anyway, now I'm rambling. But, no, I'm not worried about it. Man. Just now? Uh, he's not going to miss that much time. <laughs> Were you just questioning whether they'd be practicing much during hey. training camp? <laughs> hey, Paul, you don't get a say if you don't have a camera. <laughs> you know what was great is that little exhale that you just heard from Paul. I, I could actually picture his face doing that, Me and too. he had nothing. That was an "I have nothing" exhale. I lost it. It was a I had it and I lost it. Mm-hmm, sure. Okay. Now, Bloom, knowing you and and you being uh, the pessimistic guy you are, I'm sure you're super concerned about this. Yes. <laughs> <is that? laughs> right. Yeah. I think uh, I think Booker. Uh, you know, the, the bigger disappointment is that he had to cut his vacation short with Kendall in Jamaica or wherever they were because of the COVID thing, more than having to miss training camp. I think that was probably the tougher pill to swallow for him. Uh, but I know he wants to be there. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is hopefully he's feeling good. From what I understand, he's he's not, uh, you know, uh, getting the, the hardcore COVID, but uh, taste and smell's gone and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully that stuff, uh, you know, comes back quickly. And Dan, you know, what it boils down to is, there's still protocols, so he's just going to have to go to negative tests or whatever you know the, the new protocol is for him to return to action with the team, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later. I know he doesn't want to miss a trip to you know a preseason game, which is obviously just a few days away. Uh, but in the long run, I'm not concerned, Justin. I mean, I think in the in the big picture. Devin Booker's going to be back and he's going to be raring to go. Everybody has talked about it from a man to all the, you know, top all the way down the roster. 
uh, about how much they're motivated this season. And it didn't sound like lip service, being in the room with them, listening to them, you know, looking in their eyes and seeing their responses to a lot of the questions yesterday. It just was really impressive to me how focused they already are. Yeah, no, and and that's obviously encouraging. You know, Paul mentioned earlier uh, on this topic when he he was saying he's not concerned about book. You know, the, the continuity with the team this year. We don't have that huge amount of roster turnover, and I guess you can look at that from two different perspectives. One being, okay, we should have a team that's walking in confident. We should have a team that knows exactly what they did last year, knows exactly what they're capable of, and have their eye on the prize. On the flip side of that, you could have a team that says, hey, we got there last year. We know that we can do it and almost gets to a certain degree complacent. And that's when you start seeing really the personalities, the leadership within the team and within the organization, uh, uh, you know, come to fruition and seeing that already this early, you know, before they even start having any organized activities together, that they're all walking in with that same mindset is, well, not unexpected, but at the same time, certainly encouraging. I mean, you even though you expect them to come in that way, uh, anything opposite would would certainly be be a, a little discouraging. So, uh, having them come in fully confident, focused, ready to go is is exactly what I'd expect this team to to be doing. Especially again with with the group of players they have, uh, and and with Monty at, at the head at the head of the team. I can't see Chris Paul letting a team he's on have a complacent mentality. If he does, the teams he's had where that have had complacent mentalities blew up for a reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, not like this needs to be something that gets, you know, <laughs> discussed in great detail, but the combination of book and CP three as kind of the two leaders of this team, I think is perfect. And the ability for book to learn from CP three in, in terms of how he leads, because they both to me seem to have very similar personalities, you know, business-like if, if they're not on your team, you probably don't like them. Uh, and, and amongst the best in the league. So seeing how CP three has been able to excel as a leader throughout his career and knowing that book's going to have the opportunity to learn from that for, you know, three Four years, who knows? Uh, in the very least, three is is you know encouraging in the long run. And again, we're already I think seeing the 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 fruits of that here right off the bat on media day. Exactly, and it's not just about you know the the players. I, I think we gotta touch on Monty because you know obviously he's the one who got this culture shifted to begin with, uh, along with Champ. Uh, and James Jones still on the roster. So how many years, guys, did we, did we talk about continuity just being an absolute, uh, uh, you know, impossibility here in Phoenix? It just seemed like every year there were these massive overhauls roster-wise, front office-wise, coaching staff-wise. It seemed like over and over during the decade of, of the drought, not going to the playoffs, that was going on. And now you look at this team and how steady it seems to be with the fact that from top to bottom, you know, yeah, they had to make some tweaks, but that's because a couple coaches got uh, called up, if you will. Willie Green becoming a head coach. Guys getting opportunities, and that's because of the success that's going on here. And then, you know, as far as the tweak of the roster, I think it it seems almost universally uh, applauded within this team. 
what James Jones went out and did. I know there are guys who were close with Javon Carter and guys who were close with, with uh, you know, Langston Galloway and some of the guys, uh, maybe even Torrey Craig, you know, through his stretch of the last couple of months on this roster uh, in the playoffs, especially. But uh, the optimism of the the new pieces, uh, guys like JaVale McGee and Landry Shamit and Alfred Payton, too, uh, it just is permeating through this roster. So when you have this continuity, you have this group of guys coming back off of a very successful run, one that was far surpassing any of our wildest expectations. Now it's all kind of settled, right? The dust is settled. We've all realized they just went to the finals, maybe except for Dan, who's got the Buffalo Trace helping him through these tough times. But <laughs> <laughs> we all our own seven-step process, and this team seems to be way ahead of most of us fans. Like they're already looking at, okay, you know, it happened. It was it was really hard. Uh, Monson talked about how difficult it was for him for two weeks, uh, having a pity party, as he said uh, during media day, and everybody kind of had their own process of what they had to deal with. But I think the fact that this team looks at what they've been given for this next run, to run it back, if you will, uh, has really kind of implanted even more optimism uh, amongst them. And, and that's going to be contagious, especially if they get out to a good start this season. Yeah. One one thing I want to bring up real quick. Sorry, Justin. I, you're getting ready to say something. I cut you off. As far as it seemed getting complacent, right? I, I You mentioned – Paul mentioned Chris Paul. Paul mentioned Chris Paul. Um, so – that's that's one thing. But the the one thing I kind of want to bring up is James Jones. I mean, Bloomer, you, you said it, champ. He's they didn't have him, you know, in years past. They didn't have money. They were responsible for the culture that's in place now. The thing with James Jones is you got to remember the teams he was on. He was on that 2011 team with the Heat that had that painful loss after, you know, what they self-proclaimed themselves, the Heatles. They went up two in that series. Oh, they went up 2-0 in that series, right? Ring a bell, anyone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's... it's. Uh, I have no recollection of what you're talking about, actually. What, what are you uncanny. referring to? Actually, I actually don't think they went up 2-0, but we'll just say that for argument's sake. Um, they went up... They, <laughs> they were up in that series, and everybody was, you know celebrating the heat for the LeBron's first championship, right? And guess what? The Mavericks came back and they beat him because that was a year of Dirk. And maybe last season was the year of Giannis. And the season after that, LeBron got his first title. So maybe this year, Chris Paul get his first title. And the common denominator, James Jones, man. He was on both those teams. So I don't think he is going to let this team get complacent. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he is... He get, we already know he's in the gym with the guys, uh, you know, talking to them, talking to Monty. So I really don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, it's, it's as as much as, you know, and I'm sorry for those of you that are over it, but as much as last, you know, season's loss hurt for me, uh, I feel confident going into the season. I can't say I've said that, you know, in a really long time since the Nash days. And even in the Nash days, after they lost that first um, you know, gut wrenching, you know, defeat. Um, I, I didn't feel that great the next season. I didn't feel like they were going to win at all, especially. And then, you know, you go back to, to, to 2010, you know, the run our test shot, right. I didn't feel great, obviously the next season. And it, we know it didn't go very well, but, um, this season is I'm, I'm full of hope, man. And just look at Cam Johnson. Did you guys see Cam Johnson's interview today, by the way? 
The guy is borderline a stone cold killer. And I, I think he's gonna take it. I think he's gonna take the biggest jump of any player on this team this season. And that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was it, I wasn't sure if Paul's laughter was going to lead into him uh, having nope. any sort of further retort again. Bloomer, re- re- welcome to the new Fanny of the Flames. By the way, this is <laughs> great to be here. It well, is, I'm just. Uh, I'm very used to them like yelling at each other. Like Dan says something, Paul's gonna immediately. I mean, you heard the frustration in his voice on the camera talk alone. I mean, it's not <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to trigger these guys at this point. I don't know. I don't know what's happened, but in fact, when I was thinking today, I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe it'd be cool to have Bloomer on. I'm like, but good lord, I can't control the two of them, and I'm gonna bring like. Not that you're difficult, Bloom, but I mean, just ad- adding another another uh, a mouth to the to the uh, group. But hey, you know what? I'm enjoying it. At least at least Paul's Paul's. We don't have to look at him. I don't know. Sorry, that seemed really rude, Paul. That seemed really rude. But hey, let's talk about that culture. Let's talk about as as we denigrate each other here. Let's talk about the positive culture that the Suns have. Since being have the first to make wipers over a century ago, Trico has protected hey. drivers in all kinds. Thank you. Was that you, Dan? Remember earlier when we talked about how ESPN plays ESPN random has ads? <laughs> yeah. Had the ESPN, yeah. Anyway. I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping that was Paul so I could yell at him for that. But uh, Nope. <laughs> Paul's so proud right now. Okay, so let's talk about that culture because, you know, we've talked about it on this pod, I mean, shoot, for, for years. And really, in the past two years started talking about it becoming a reality and it's become a reality i think a lot a lot quicker and that is the sun's returning to a culture where players want to be here and and i didn't say that to in any sort of way to play off of eric bledsoe's tweet right there but i literally meant that where we want players to be here back back in the in the early 90s and in the in the 2000 seven seconds or less era when free agents were attracted to to phoenix and you know we saw uh, well i mean we can look at chris paul obviously and and that kind of was what started that type of momentum because obviously he wanted to find his way here to phoenix albeit not through free agency along with him came jay crowder and and i'm, I'm kind of getting into the point of some of the comments that i took and i'm taking this off of uh a fabulous website i don't know if you guys have heard of it brightsideofthesun.com uh you can find oh, the, interesting. Maybe I this, should, uh, this very check podcast there. Yes, you can find our... Hey, Paul, you're there. Uh, sorry, I can't stop. You can find this very podcast <laughs> at brightsideofthesun.com. Um, but, uh, I, and I, of course, took a bunch of screenshots and didn't screenshot who wrote this, but I believe this was put together by Trevor Booth, a number of quotes from uh, Media Day yesterday. And I'll go to one of the free agents that we, we pulled in here this offseason. That's Alfred Payton. And, of course, this is a bit of a mini homecoming for him albeit he's returning with less hair and i miss it I, I i thought the hair was ridiculous when he had it but now that it's gone hmm. what is does he have some other crazy hair now dan you're no i'd also like to point alfred payton was probably the best point guard we had before ricky rubio in like the past four years so no slap yeah no absolutely i mean he's he's he if i'm not mistaken he started for the knicks for most of the year last year right Yep. So a- absolutely no, a great guy to bring in, uh, especially considering what we already have there at point guard. But 
when when he was asked about his choice to come to the Suns, he said, uh, quote, being able to play with Chris for one, Chris Paul, obviously, seeing what the team is doing and being able to play for money. Uh, and that was his quote. And you think about that, you know, the 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 return of the Suns to a destination for free agents uh, right there is an example of a, a guy basically coming out and saying, yeah, I wanted to be there because of the guys that are there. And and I'm sure that's not an all inclusive list, but just the Javale fact that we, similar comments. Thank you. Startled me. Uh, yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> Javale, similar comments. I mean, at the end of the day, we're seeing that come to come to fruition and maybe even more so than seeing it come to fruition, because like I said, in the very least, we saw it with Jay Crowder uh, during the offseason last year, but we're seeing it continue, which is important because to the point you made, Bloomer, earlier about you know the tweaks to the roster, those tweaks are going to have to happen. You can never in the NBA with salary caps, player movement, all that kind of stuff, you're never going to have the entire same roster from year to year. It's a matter of who do you get to fill the spots that need to be filled, and that's where James Jones has done what he's going to do and that's found guys that are going to fit into the system that he has are going to fill the roles that that they're that they're expected to fill and again also back to the point of them not getting complacent even these new guys you know james jones is picking guys based on what he wants this team's character to look like too certainly i mean we can see that across across the board and they talk about how close they are you know off the court that's that's all come into play here, which is I think again why the Suns walking in already sounding confident, looking focused because they've got a goal to attain. We all want to see that happen because only then will I be able to finally watch highlights from last season's finals, highlights from the ninety two ninety three finals, and the last dance. Anybody, anybody, anybody so, there? Anybody, any, any thoughts you know, there? Sorry, I just, I just went. I feel like I, like I, I like it. I like it. You, you, you pulled, you pulled a me right there. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you, you, to piggyback off that, yes, the Suns traded for Chris Paul, but make no mistake about it, Chris Paul wanted to be here, right? Chris right. Paul wanted to be here. Devin Booker wanted him here, and he wanted to play with Devin Booker. What did he say at, uh, you know, when they won the Western Conference Finals, right? He said, this light-skinned cat right here is the number one reason why I came to the Suns. He named everybody. He gave everybody their due. But he says the number one reason is this light-skinned cat right here. And it's if Chris Paul, who is maybe, you know, what, a top three point guard of all time. Or we'll say top five, you know, for argument's sake. So people don't try and cancel me on Twitter for that. Um, you know, if he's a top five point guard of all time. And he wants to play here with Devin Booker. Yeah, you, you better believe there's going to be others, right? And what did we what, what did we say? I mean, Justin, I, I mean, we 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 talked about this. Devin Booker's Olympic, uh, you know, him him going to the Olympics this year. His Olympic vacation, I guess you could call it. Because anyway, no, Olympic run, this. Olympic Olympic trip, run. There you go. Olympic trip. performance, Olympic participation. <clears throat> Thanks. I think you went too, too far there. But anyway, um, that was more of a, you know, hey, let me introduce myself. Not introduce myself, but let me talk to these guys. And, you know, we all talked about it, right? This guy came fresh off of a finals run in his first ever postseason, and he dominated, right? Most points ever by a player in his first postseason. 
and he went to the Olympics, and I'm sure there was a lot of chatter about it. And I'll point to one guy, right? And I don't like this guy. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Draymond Green. I'm not haven't been a fan, never have. Uh, of course, that's some animosity towards all Golden State Warrior players, and you guys all know why. Um, but Draymond Green went from get my man out of Phoenix to praising this guy on Twitter right after the finals, and then being the guy that puts the gold medal on his, uh, you know, around his neck. So it, it, it's coming from one end of the spectrum to the other, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? Who doesn't want to play? Tell well, me. I'm, I'm glad nobody's Any clutch be, client. Uh, throwing that line out of getting people out of Phoenix anymore. I'm just glad that narrative is over. Nobody else needs to come out of wherever they're playing basketball and talk about Phoenix in a negative light anymore because the Suns are once again, not only, as you guys have mentioned, uh, a force to be reckoned with in the NBA, but they're now a destination again. And we always knew this was a destination, but it's kind of been a destination in hibernation, if you will, because <laughs> I love reason, it. even though it's a great place to live, as we all know and love, and it's a, it's got great history from a basketball franchise standpoint, and we all know for sure how much love this Valley has for this franchise. But Hell yeah. when you don't win games and you go that sustained period of time without winning games, then you get that hibernation. You get that situation where it's very difficult to still lure people to come here because of the fact that really in the end, these guys are competitors and they want to have a chance to win. If they can't win, they at least want to feel like they've got a chance to go out and win and put something special together. Something special already been put together here. And now it's about sustaining it. And I think they have a wonderful opportunity in front of them to do that based on, again, top to bottom. You're talking about a GM that guys want to play for, a coach that guys want to play for, and stars that guys want to play with. What more do you need? A, a crowd. I need, I, yeah, I, I, also, I also need to run through a wall right now, Bloomer. <laughs> Fucking A, man. That was amazing. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I, I think I'm going to... Go ahead, Paul. Sorry, Go ahead, sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> I want to circle back to Bloomer's point about hibernation. And I think one of the things that I think a lot of us all had concerns about was with that lull of a decade of like, did the fans fall off? And they clearly didn't. They, they were in hibernation. They, you know, didn't care for good reason. There's only a few of us who um, really wanted to um, go through that pain year over year. But, you know, once once uh, the team turned around, I mean, they were out in full force. And I mean, I can't I'm, I'm expecting that to continue this season as well. And I think that just that just makes it that much easier to be an attractive destination when you have fans that are like truly rooting for you. Yeah. Well, and and, uh, and those playoffs, those playoffs were a coming out party for Phoenix Suns fans, man. I mean, nationally, a, a, again, party. yeah, exactly. I mean, a we like you're saying we've been dormant for for a while and b the whole country had been dormant for a while and man i I said this back when i was at some of those playoff games and i i mean we we all were at playoff games uh one of us obviously was at playoff games the rest of us we can all just say we were also at playoff games but anyway i have never ever heard that arena and i mean i've been i've been phoenix my whole life i i was going to suns games as a kid 
I was going to playoff games when, when you know, during the Barkley era. I was going to games. Well, I wasn't going to games when the seven seconds or less era was going because I wasn't here. But anyway, um, was- I've never heard. I have never heard that arena that loud. And in fact, I'll go as far as saying I've never been at a sporting event that has been as loud as those games were during the playoffs. Uh, and the one game in particular that really stood out was actually – I can't remember which game of the series it was, but it was a game that I believe they lost. It must have been game two of the Lakers series. Is that did they lose that game at home? They did. They did. When when we came back and either took a lead or or cut it to like two points uh, after being down a bunch, that place was just going nuts and deafening. And, and that's the kind of energy that the entire nation got to see. And at the end of the day, we've got Phoenix. Think about when they play basketball. I mean, it's the best time of year to be in Phoenix. If you were playing, if you're living half your season in Chicago during the winter time, that's not exactly a selling point on the team. We've got a beautiful climate, the beautiful city growing, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to go out to LA and do whatever, like Chris Paul, a family out there. Um, but I got to add beautiful women for NBA. <laughs> Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> and it was just a matter of getting the franchise back to the point where players can look at the franchise and go, okay, I have a chance to win there. Now it's more than just a chance to win there. I got a great chance to win there. I guess that's just a little bit more than a chance to win there. We, we, I'm not going to sit like, here and guarantee anything. That would just be wild oh, and crazy. God damn it, Dave King. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, Wasn't even going there, but that really triggered him. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, I'm, 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 I'm keep that one. Dave, in memory. So, so uh, never mind. I'll, I'll say this: Dave, Dave King never guaranteed anything. I'm more giving him shit because last time I called him out and he got upset. So sorry, Dave. Love you. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to what you said about the hmm. crowd, man, because I think the loudest I saw, I heard the the, the arena. I was at the Value Game Two against the, the the Clippers. Never heard an arena that loud in like three different instances, right? The initial play, when they put the score up on the scoreboard, yeah. same thing. And then when Vinny Murata, you know, infamously said, you know, after further review, and then paused for like four seconds, <laughs> and then said, the basket counts, lost my shit. I have video of it. It's, it's, it's amazing. It was a great time. You know, between that and then the game two in the finals where they were past, whipping the ball around. I think it was there was like 14, 13, 14 passes that ended up in a DeAndre eight and one. That was another one, um, and it's 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 crazy to think about because I mean I mean I met you guys the the summer we drafted Da in summer league Bloomer. I I met you a couple years ago at, at summer league. Yeah, uh, I think when we drafted Cam, um, and to think about those times and to think about the times when I had season tickets with great seats, like four or five rows behind Sarver. And I used to send you, oh man, I hope the sons aren't listening to this. I used to <laughs> let you guys go and sit <laughs> next to me, even though you guys didn't have seats, but that was because the seats were empty, right? We were able to do that. I was like, Hey guys, the, the row behind me, there's no one behind me. Come down. And, uh, and now we're paying thousands of dollars for upper level seats. And it's it's insane, man. And I'm happy to do it. If that's what I have to do for this team to win a championship, I'm I'm there. I'm all in. 
Well, and here's the thing I want to add about the, the atmosphere and the fans and the noise in that gym. I mean, it, you're right. You guys are absolutely uh, on the money with, with how loud it was. And I've been a lot of places. I've been, you know, I've covered championship games of virtually every sport. Um, you know, whether I've had headsets on and I'm doing play-by-play or I'm hosting or I'm on the radio or even as a fan. And uh, I don't think I've heard a louder gem. And, and what I get excited about is, Dan, you just mentioned about the cost and everything. And I was right there with you paying for tickets for my family, too, down the stretch. And, and, and I, was, I was thinking to myself in my head, man, I never thought I'd spend this kind of cash on tickets. But it's worth every cent because I want them to experience it. Um, and, and so now I look at this season starting. And here we go. We got 82 of them. We're back to a regular scheduled programming of an 82-game season. And that's going to allow the diehards that didn't get a chance to yell their faces off during the playoffs to fill that gym during the regular season when the tickets could be a little bit more affordable, when everybody can get a slice of this team because you need to, because we should all get to appreciate what they're doing on a night-by-night occasion in this in this NBA because I have an expectation that it's going to be like that again. And so the, the great thing is, you get 41 home games during the regular season. You get an opportunity to fill that place with a bunch of different bodies that maybe didn't get in there uh, for the postseason. And I have an anticipation that it might even get louder because of that, because you've got the people that really have been just waiting to have their part in that after watching it all go down during the playoffs. Man. And, 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 you know, you, you bring up an interesting point about people that, you know, might not have had the opportunity to go because it, has been you know without we've been out without fans for as long as we have been and that's there are a lot of people who haven't seen the renovations to the stadium too or to the arena i mean yep. they did a phenomenal job with that with, with, with those renovations and i'm we've talked about this before so and people have been there so it seems odd to revisit but for those people who might be listening who have not been there and seen the changes that they made i mean it's worth it to see those changes alone the as much as I love the fact that the color purple is part of the sun's history and we used to have the purple seats there, it looks super sharp with the dark with the black seats when they turn down the lights during the game. Oh man, it's great. It's it's theater, phenomenal. Theater go there. Style lighting, man. Oh, great. go there and go there and take in a game. I, I I have a feeling I'm going to go to more games than I'm anticipating going I'm, to this year. But you know what? <laughs> That's fine by I'm, me. I'm already I'm already going to one preseason game in the home opener. So I mean, I, I'm right there with you. And remember, guys, this is you know for those of you that for some reason are so worried about book one to leave. This was a house that book built. He wanted that theater style lighting because he loves playing at Madison Square Garden and he wanted the lighting to be the same at the, at the Suns Arena. So go out and see it, man. It's 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 uh, I was blown away. I was lucky enough to be the uh, to go to the first game with fans. Uh, it's part of my birthday present. They played the Cavaliers and it, I was shocked. Blown away, just a, you right when you walk in that big bar, and it was just, it, it's, it, it takes your breath away, obviously, as you can see. So uh, it leaves yeah. it leaves people that are otherwise typically full of words speechless. <laughs> right, right, Dan. Right, see, see what I did there. See, all right. 
Oh, that's not nice. I feel like that was kind of a compliment. Maybe the oh. definition of a backhanded compliment. I'm, I'm there. Not. You go. That's what it was. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk a little bit about going into this next season. And this will be, I believe, the third or fourth episode in a row that we've brought this up. I think last episode I might have even said this will be the last time we bring this up until actually something happens with it. And nothing has happened with it, at least not directly related to the Suns, but something has tangentially happened that could affect it. And that it, in case you have not ascertained it yet, is a Mikhail Bridges. Oh. Oh, there's Paul. (laughs) I thought he went to sweep. No, I'm still here. I was just letting you guys go. Hey, buddy. Hey, so, hey, Paul, why don't you? (laughs) So, okay. I think you know what I'm getting at here, and that's okay. We, we've we been talking. So, Dan, last week, Paul, last week, we've all come to the conclusion that DA is going to get his max extension. It's just a matter of when that's going to you know, ultimately come to fruition because presumably the last sticking points are that whole 25 30% thing, the kickers, et cetera. But that has always left the question of Mikhail Bridges. And what we've always looked at was, okay, that four – Four years, 90 to 100 million, 92, 94 to 100 million dollars. But then we have Michael Porter Jr. in the past couple of days going out and getting a max deal from Denver. What do you guys think about that in terms of what it might do to Mikhail Bridges' asking price when it comes to his extension? Do you think it impacts it at all? And how I mean, about. It probably well, does. Oh, there we go. I was going to say, how about Paul first? And <laughs> I, I first off, I'm going to say it's a very risky contract from the standpoint of the Nuggets. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. really only started to like play like anything this year because of injuries and whatnot. And, you know, he's had significant injuries to, um, you know, he's had some fluke injuries and that, that back is really scary. So to go all like, I can see the other guys who got that super. I don't know if you, I don't know if it's technically a super max or whatever, like the official term for it is. But like Luke got it, that makes sense. Trey got it, that makes sense. Shea, I don't, Shea didn't get it. I know he got the max, but I don't think he got the designated player max or whatever it's called. But to give no, that to Michael Porter Jr., it just. I'm very surprised by that fact factor i mean honestly i'm surprised i i would have expected he probably should have got would have gotten more of a deal kind of like steph's first deal which is what allowed the warriors not that's like not that small but per se like the equivalent of that in the current salary cap of like not like a full max because i mean steph was dealing with like all kinds of injuries granted that allowed them to sign kd but um you know he he became what he became and he made up that money on the back end. But I was really surprised when Michael Porter Jr. got that max contract that like honestly shocked me from a back. I mean, I, I feel like the, the shocking part about it was the designated max, right? Yeah. It was a designated super max. So it can be worth up to $207 million. Just like Trey Young. Uh, Luke has already gotten there cause he was all NBA, but um, it, it's it's insane because you know even in these ESPN biased podcasts where they thought that Aiden maybe wasn't worth the max, 
they were all like Michael Porter Jr. He maybe not a max, but you know, five one twenty five would be great. This guy, I mean, it's going to be what five one seventy something. That is ridiculous, uh, especially for a guy who okay, yes, did he score seventeen a game and he shot over forty percent? Sure, but he also was being hunted by the Suns in the playoffs. They were looking for that switch. So, you know, how much does 17 points get you in? I get it. You know, he's probably going to score more because, you know, uh, 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 Jamal Murray's hurt for the first, you know, a good amount of the season. But at the same time, like, if this guy can't play defense and you don't know what he's going to be like with his injury history. So what the hell are you doing? The only thing that I can think of is that they have, you know, maybe they're – Maybe they're playing the game where, hey, we're going to give this guy the max because the only way we're going to get better is for trading by somebody, and we need the contract to do it. Call me crazy. A max contract on a guy who's injured is probably not the best contract you want to be trading. Not not necessarily, but he's certainly uh, certainly, uh, a prospect, right? So just look at the 76ers, right? Right. If you told them, hey, we'll give you Mike Porter Jr. for Ben Simmons – would they do it right now? Probably. Yeah. Considering I, I think, Simmons' value. Because that's, that's – and that's – yeah, exactly. exactly. Do you mean they're getting a human being? Yeah. They, yeah. I don't. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm saying. I Like, I get it. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're getting somebody with, you know, with, with high potential um, that could turn into something special. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is great. He's, he's a great scorer. Can't play defense and he's injury prone. So, you can – I mean – let's go back to what people were saying about DA, uh, you know, two, three years ago. So I, I get it, but I feel like that's a move. That's a chess move. Not a, you know, not, not, not really just paying him for what he is. And I'm done. Bloom bloomer. Any thoughts, any thoughts on, on, on not necessarily on the MPJ extension itself, but how it might impact McHale's numbers too. Cause Based on everything that Paul and Dan are telling me, I, I have some thoughts, but I feel like you look like you look like you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> oh, I'm not, no, no, I'm not. I'm not chomping at the bit. Although when I think of Michael Porter Jr., I do think of barbecued chicken, and it is probably the most. <laughs> uh, it is. It is probably the most expensive barbecue chicken in the history of barbecue chicken to go for 170 million. I, look, I, I I agree with you, Dan. I think he's a very talented scorer, uh, but he is kind of a one-trick pony. And the thing that really worries me about him is two back surgeries. You know, in his early 20s, uh, still very young though. And if he does stay healthy, he's going to be good for a long time. And I don't think Denver's necessarily going to regret their decision, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't think it it puts them over the top in any fashion either and they just got swept by the Suns without Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray may be out for a little while and that could uh, hamper their their chances to to get back to where they were even this last season uh when it comes to Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton I just have faith in champ guys I just think that he's going to work it out and I think even if it doesn't happen before the season um you know I, I have a feeling that he'll be communicating with his players and that's the important thing so that they don't get disappointed or discouraged 
uh, and think that they're not, uh, you know, loved and, and, and treated right by this franchise, because I think that James wants to make it clear and has made it clear to them that they are. And, and even if it doesn't work out, like I said, if they don't get it done before the deadline, it doesn't mean that these guys are gone. It just means that it's going to have to be done in a different fashion. Uh, I would have uh, a feeling uh, if I had to guess, and I'm not involved in any of this, uh, thankfully, but if I was, I have a feeling they're going to try to get something done. And I know that they have been in, in talks uh, with both guys, but uh, the Porter thing, uh, yeah. I mean, what does that do? It probably riles up the agents more than anything. It riles up right. the guys representing these two dudes in those negotiations because now they've got more firepower. Does that mean it's going to change how it goes? Not necessarily, because just because your neighbor down the street goes and gets a Ferrari and pays out the butt for it doesn't mean you're going to do it. It doesn't mean you're going to do it even if you love a Ferrari. You might be perfectly happy with the Porsche you got in your in your garage right now, and you don't need to pay that kind of cash just yet. Or you might decide that you want that Ferrari, but you're going to wait and you're going to get it on your own terms. Uh, so I, I think that it's, you know, maybe that's not the best analogy. It's getting late. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> it was perfect to me. I think, gonna get it done. I think they'll work it out. I think Deandre Ayton is going to be the best center in Phoenix Suns history. And I think Mikel Bridges is going to win a defensive player of the year honor as a member of the Phoenix Suns. That's just what I think. I love it. I love Ooh. it. By the I, way, is that a futures uh, bet we can get? Like actually, that he'll yes, have it in his career? Blue, we talked we <laughs> talked about this earlier. Mikel Bridges is the one defensive player of the year is plus thirty five hundred. Family bet. Family <laughs> bet. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I would say this year. I did not specify this I year. I I'm, think I'm just win. saying. Those are great. I'm just saying for this year, those are great odds. And this year is the unknown. We don't know what's gonna happen this year. Just saying. As opposed to other years when we know exactly what's going to happen. Hmm. <laughs> well, sorry, some years, sorry. It's some late. I'm ordering also. Those national pundits talk like we do know exactly what's going to happen. That's true. Because apparently. Talking uh, like it was supposed to be the Lakers Nets in the finals. Right. And apparently, you know? apparently Luka Doncic has already got the uh, MVP wrapped up for the season. So. Yeah, well, he, he Why should be doing on his, on his back-to-back. I mean, really. Maybe you should win a fucking playoff series. Jesus Christ. Sorry. (laughs) You good? We good? Yeah. I'm good. I held restraint. Bloom, I think you brought up an interesting point, though, when you said the the Michael Porter Jr. deal might uh, make make the the agents get a little excited. And because of that, and I'm going to go down a, a, a thought process here that is going to, I will I will go ahead and put this out at the front, is probably going to end in me not having any conclusion because I'm not part of these negotiations. But I am very curious as to how far along the way they are with those negotiations. Because the first thing I thought when I saw that MPJ deal was, if I'm there, if I'm McHale's agent, all of a sudden, if I was thinking 25 over four, I'm suddenly thinking... 30 over four. And the question, and 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 I'm asking that, and and I'm not saying that that that's what I'm expecting to get. I'm saying I'm using that as a number that I'm wanting to start at, which is why then I ask, I wonder how far along the way they are with these discussions, because if they've kind of gotten down to talking numbers, then the Michael Porter Jr. thing might give them some leverage to say, see, we really shouldn't be coming down anymore. Look what MPJ just got. But if they're already down the path with numbers, they 
presumably won't go. Actually, let's start from scratch. We want to go back and start at that, you know, 30 million over four years. I think, I think at the end of the day, it's going to end up, you know, I, I've always thought that he was going to be in that four year 95 range. I think this pretty much just guarantees that it's going to end up being four twenty five, and hopefully it gets done. And when I say that, I mean, obviously per year, not like $25 million over four years. So just to be clear, um, four hundred million. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think it'll ultimately get done. This might impact it a little bit, but but presumably uh, not not too much. But if I were if I were MPJ's uh, or excuse me, of Mikhail's agents, I, I would hope that Dan and Paul were on the other side of that negotiation table because as you guys walk in, telling me how how oh how how, how MPJ has all these issues yet he still got all that money. I'd be like, well, then what do you think my guy's worth, boys? Hmm? But anyway. Let's 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 also let's sorry lost my train of thought there for a moment. Um, another thing that you touched on Bloom right there, you were talking about uh, Champ and how he wants players to know that he's gonna you know take care of the organization is gonna take care of them, and I think that made me think of actually a really interesting um, uh, comment that I read from Javale from Media Day yesterday when he was asked what he would be able to teach some of the younger players or tell some of the younger players in terms of helping them grow, helping them learn about the league. And the quote that I saw, again, this is from brightsideofthesun.com and, and Char Booth's article was, take your emotion out of the business of the NBA, which I think is quite apropos considering what we're talking about right here. And and the the whole concept of if it doesn't get done, that doesn't mean that it's not going to get done. If it doesn't get done, that doesn't mean that the team's not still trying to take care of its guys. It's at the end of the day still a business, something that those players I'm I'm thinking, you know, are having to keep in their minds as they're going through that process. I no, I, I think you're you're uh, going down the right road here, just envisioning what it's like in that room and what the dynamic might be after this news that just came out. Uh, is I think there is a shift in the conversation. It just doesn't necessarily mean that there's a shift in the negotiations. And and a lot of that, as you know better than anybody, Justin, being an attorney, depends on how far they've gotten and how much of the conversation has already happened. Uh, so it's hard to it's hard to project what the real impact is on other deals, uh, on the deals that the Suns are trying to do. But I can tell you, you know, I, I think that. It's a tightrope in some aspects for James Jones and his staff because you do want these guys in the right mental place going into this season. You don't want anything to be a hindrance with this ship the way it's headed. Uh, And so that makes you even more probably, uh, you know, hopeful that you get all this stuff done before the season starts just so there isn't any distractions if there happened to be one with either Mikel or DA. I, I, I just don't see it being a problem with either of them. And if you do let them play it out, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, then they're going to be mad and they're not going to play hard. Really? Are they going to be mad and not play hard? Because if they don't play hard, to me, that means the numbers aren't there, which means the money is going to be an awful lot less if they have a season of not playing hard and bad numbers, then uh, it would have been uh, offered right now. Does that make sense? No, that makes that makes absolute sense. Uh, you, you can't sit there and be like, "Oh no, what if they quit on the team?" Then if they're if they're not guaranteed their next contract yet, that's the exact opposite of what they're going to want to do, regardless of how they feel. Yes, Dan. 
Look, are, do you, are you raising your hand like to speak? Look at this. So polite of you. He must be he must be a little a little further along in that uh, Buffalo Trace whiskey. Oh, that oh. that the bottle's gone. <laughs> I've, I've moved on to uh, Elijah Craig now. So. Oh, oh. <laughs> No, not the you got their, best, you got their but, Twitter handle or uh, no? No, no, I'm not, not worth I'm it. not promoting that one. It's just a it's a get me over bourbon. Anyway, uh let me tell you. Uh Mikhail Bridges, his pinned tweet on Twitter, okay, from August twentieth, twenty twenty. Okay. He quote tweets the Suns. The Suns tweeted that same day. We just so happened to be a fan of the 10th pick. And this picture of Mikhail hugging his mom. And he quote tweeted that and he said, I don't ever want to leave. So something tells me Mikhail wants to get this done, I don't know, sooner rather than later. He doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to, like, he's not, he's not a stickler, right? He's not going to sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, this person's owed this. As long as it's fair, I think it gets done. Honestly, I think, and this is just a guess or my opinion, call it what you may. Reckless speculation. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if it's reckless. You know, it's, it's dynamite uh, drop in money. But it's it a good is twenty two. <laughs> it is. It, it is, is twenty. A great band it, name. It is twenty twenty one. So it, maybe it is reckless, but. Um, my thing is, I think they already have the McKill part figured out. Something tells me they're waiting for the DA part to come to fruition. Once that's done, I feel like McKell is like, Chance is going to you know, announce DA's deal, and then, I don't know, an hour and a half later, McKell's deal is going to come down. That's just my opinion. That's how I feel. I don't know. But I, McKell wants to be here, man. Plain and simple. He called. He called the Cardinals Red Sea the Little Red Sea. The Little Red Sea. (laughs) Are you mad, Dan? Are you mad? I mean, it was kind of a dick move, but I love McCall. (laughs) And and you know you know one thing that that he during during that session when he said that he he was very complimentary though towards you know the 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 fans. I believe he he really was. Yeah, he. He 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 was talking about how I believe he might have even used the word rabid. Uh, maybe maybe not, yeah, I but think he did. you know how enthusiastic the right. quote unquote little red sea is. So well, he he was he was talking about how great the, the the fans were here and how they even give him shit for being a Rams fan, which I believe stems from him being a you know a, a fan of the you know, the video game and playing yeah. with the Rams. So he kind of just gravitated towards them, which, hey, I'm not mad at that. And he's a Rams fan. It is what it is, but he stays loyal. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to pretend to be a Cardinals fan just because he plays for the Suns. And I, I, I can appreciate that, um, even though I hate the Rams. But anyway, um, but yeah, the Little Red Sea, dude. That was, that was fantastic. I'm not, I'm not even mad. At least he's not a Dodgers fan, right? <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Actually, hey, try to convince him. By, by, by the way, Bloom, you're, you're a big you're a big Giants fan. Oh um, yeah, yeah. The Giants are uh, kicking the Diamondbacks' ass. I mean, I mean, that's <laughs> not, not that not that it's news because no, that's not something worth celebrating. No, unfortunately, the worst the worst team in the league. But uh, the Dodgers 
are uh, up 2-0 on the Padres. So as long as you guys win, you guys are you guys maintain your two-game lead on the National League West. I, I just don't want the Dodgers to win their 10th straight in the no. West title. Yeah, we're not doing that. So No, we're on the same page. We're, you know, that's the beautiful thing is that, you know, hatred can bring people together, too, just like love. Right? Right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank common, you. Co- common enemies, right? Common somebody, enemies. somebody that knows, somebody, somebody that knows my spirit animal. My spirit animal. Did you say animal? Yes, my spirit animal. It's like uh, like a child learning to. Anyway, um, so let's. Animal Elijah. Uh, let's let's yes <laughs> it took me a moment i was like I don't, who's this lie? i get it no, dan just lost his computer and everything let's cover one last oh, my thing. bad I well i mean i guess I, we can go as long as you guys want but i've got one last thing that i particularly want to talk about from media day and that is something that a certain Frank Kaminsky had to say, and that was that he might have to bring back the fanning three point celebration uh, this season, which I mean, come on, he has to, because when he does it, in my experience, EJ, I don't know if I've heard you say it, Bloomer, actually, now I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure. He's but fanning the fucking, you know, he's Eddie fanning, Johnson specifically he, no, says no, 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 he, no, and, and he's, stop, wait, no, no, let me do this. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> He's fanning the motherfucking flames. <laughs> and, and and he does not he does not ex- describe it in the same way, but he does use the phrase fanning the flames. So anyway, I thought that was a big takeaway for me that uh, Frank, I didn't know that he actually got rid of that celebration. It did like I just maybe didn't pay attention enough. But I guess now that I think about it, I haven't seen him do it in a while. I mean, he was on the well, he wasn't on the team, so. No, That's but what he I'm was saying. on the like, court. He was on the court, because remember that remember that run where they were like 12-0 and 0 with him in the starting lineup? And people on Twitter were losing their shit, <laughs> which is why I love that he's back on the team, because anytime he's in the game, people are like, oh, my God, Frank sucks. And it's it's just it's fantastic, man. I, I love chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. You, you really, you really are, and I think, I think it's, it's a perfect way to describe Frank's game is chaos, right? That's, that's very, that's very apropos. Paul, were you going to say something about that? Sorry, I, buddy. I'm sorry. No, I'm all right. Okay, cool, bud. Uh, right. Hey, so you guys, any, anything else that you uh, guys want to cover? Any other thoughts? Anything you want to talk about? What about you, Bloom? I mean, I know I could just ask you, like, I could be like, hey, Bloom, potato, go, and you'd be like, let's do that, but. Yeah. Any, any last words you want to get out before you talk to way more people uh, the next time you're, uh, you're broadcasting? <laughs> <laughs> Can oh, I actually no. direct this one real quick? Bloom, I meant to oh. ask. Um, oh, Paul, go ahead. Sorry to Do you have any fun nuggets from Media Day that maybe didn't make it into like any of the various reportings or like you know mm. interactions or anything you had with anybody nuggets. that you thought was fun? Um, you know, uh, nothing that was, uh, you know, overly fun that happened that you didn't already hear about. I mean, the one thing I want to touch on actually, and this is not fun at all, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, because it's in my head. I want to give Jay Crowder some love for going to a place mm-hmm. that I think a lot of athletes stray away from going. 
And that's just being honest about struggles and mental struggles specifically. Um, you know, as a, a dad now and, and trying to help my daughters navigate the world, uh, I'm realizing how tough it can be uh, for different people. You know, I have my difficulties, but they're different than your difficulties. And those are different than someone else's. But Jay Crowder coming out and acknowledging that he's against that. As a, a millionaire athlete getting paid to play basketball for a living, I think does a lot for people out there that are struggling with their own difficulties when they hear something like that. And so um, I want to give them love for that and for being honest and for uh, taking even another step within this organization, this fan base, uh, ingratiating himself with a different kind of sector of it, if you will. Um, and uh, and then the other thing that I liked about what he said was when he was asked if Chris Paul, if Chris Paul was staying. <laughs> and he took a half second and looked at us and laughed and said, are you kidding me? That dude begged me to come here. He better have stayed here. <laughs> Walter begged me to come and he's going to leave. Something like that. I thought that was great. Great candor, great honesty. Uh, and, you know, um, just overall getting the, the feel from these guys um, that they're thrilled to be back and get back to work, but also uh, see us in the room with them. You know, again, it's been a year and a half. We've been so separated. Uh, and to, to have a chance to be back in there, look face-to-face, eye-to-eye with Monty Williams and, and his staff and, and the players and, and James and everybody over there uh, was meaningful. So uh, I, thought, I thought I'd share that. And uh, I look forward to coming back at some point during the season or multiple points if you guys will have me. And especially below Trace. Oh, my man. <laughs> You know what? Hey, Bloomer, you give me a date, and I will I will ship you a your own bottle of Buffalo Trace. God, and we I can, don't uh, any, any day is good. Dude, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 how about this one? Have you had Angel's Envy? Oh, one of my favorites. Yes, yeah. sir. Mine too. Angel's Envy. I'll send you a bottle of Angel's Envy, and we'll. We'll powwow again. I would. I would rather just have us share one. We'll, we'll meet in person. We'll, we'll have. We'll yes. Share. We need to have a little liquid. A live show. You know, uh, we'll, we'll do that <laughs> some after a big win when you're at the arena. Uh, and again, I think it's. Uh, you know, this is one of those deals where I, I just can't wait to see the the. You know, you guys when when you come to the gym. Uh, everybody, all the fans, when they come to the gym and, and the support that this team's going to have. Because going into seasons uh, f- for the last decade or so, even last season, you know, going into last season, yes, we were fired up. We're thinking, finally, this team's going to the playoffs, right? That was my going mindset. Going to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> going to the I was not the playoff team. I didn't think this is the best team in the league, which they really were for the majority of the season. They were the best basketball team on the planet. God so damn. We'll do that again. And and now we have that to start the season. So think about that. Think about the vibe that's going to be downtown. And I can't wait. Yes, sir. Couldn't say it better myself, man. Yeah, well, now I feel like I have to go to opening night. I really, I, I didn't have any specific plans. I hadn't really thought about it, to be quite honest. But this episode is, has, what's the word I'm looking for? It has solidified, s- solidified the need. It, oh, I, solidified I, your plans for October twentieth. Solidified my plans for October twentieth. I think that's fall break for school. Uh oh. Anyway, oh. so. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Okay, no, Bloom, uh, dude, the 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 enthusiasm. Dude, you're on the podcast of optimism. You're in the right place for that level of optimism, for that attitude, because we, we shared. I'm stoked. I can't wait. We have. I mean, t- it's three weeks from tomorrow. Well, three weeks from the day this is published is going to be opening night, if I'm not mistaken. No. Uh, I, I believe it is. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Shy right. by a day, but anyway, who's counting? Am I? Yes. Dang. Well, it's still close, right? So we're three weeks. So are we three weeks out now? No. Tomorrow to will be three tomorrow, weeks. No, the thirtieth will be three weeks. Tomorrow will be three weeks. God damn it! Obviously, I can't count, Paul. You're the accountant. Oh my gosh! Hey. We need to stop doing any forms of math on this podcast. Like, no forms of math ever again. That It never works out. Hey, you know what? The Suns are playing soon. That's what matters right now. Yes. John Bloom is back on the road with the team. John Bloom. I I love John Bloom and T. I love how I keep saying John Bloom. (laughs) Bloom, are you and TK, dude? The the dynamic, it just, it it tickles me. I chuckle at least once a game. Dude, I, I... Actual LOL, if you will. I agree. I, I haven't met uh, a TK in person yet. Hopefully, I get the chance to do that soon. But he's hilarious, dude. He cracks. <laughs> he cracks me. I up. enjoy whether, he, I, whether it's with you or with or, or, or without. It's dude, gold. I enjoy when he say? actually yells like at the referees while he's yeah. sitting. Like, that's the best when he's like, "Oh come on!" You kind of and I've even heard like him in the background being like, "That was terrible." Yeah. You know, <laughs> spirit animal, absolutely. Uh, I love working with him. I love working with both those guys. I mean, uh, it, it's it's uh, another great part of the gig, and uh, he's going to be riled up. Uh, we'll be in rare form, and I hope I can make you chuckle more than once a game. That's that's my goal. It's going to be more than once a game this year. No, I, I think I think you're going to do great, and and I, I don't want. I, 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 it I, might I, already be more bloom. I just don't want to give you a, a you know a big head. I don't want you know the so ego I, make it too big. I, I, so I, I want to share a quick story. So. Uh, I was at my dad's house on Saturday. My mom's been in the hospital for the last two months. He, she's dealing with COVID. She comes home on Wednesday. Pumped. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, that's man. great, buddy. Uh, so, so happy, dude. So happy. It's great. It was it was tough, but she made it through. So, uh, my dad the other day, uh, we we were having dinner on Sunday, and he asked me. He's like, because he's he was one of those Suns fans. And I grew up as a Suns fan. My dad, he was one of those guys that was like, oh, man, like they, they broke his heart too much to where the point where he didn't listen anymore. So this 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 last season, he lived it vicariously through me. And um, he asked me, he's like, is Al McCoy still doing games? Because he had no idea because he doesn't watch the he watched the games during the playoffs, but he didn't he doesn't watch it regularly. He doesn't listen. And I get it. And I told him yes. And I was able to show him the video of game two when I was at the finals of, you know, the the player introductions and the introduction to Al McCoy, you know, doing the, the, the you know, and, and my, you know, you know, whatever amount of years, you know, I'm able to say that the Suns are going to the, for the third time, are going to the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. And, that was the coolest shit, dude. 
this past weekend. So, hey, Dad, yeah, listen to this. And I was there, dude. I was at the game. And then he decided, this is kind of funny, by the way. He threw it in my face because I sent him the picture of me and my wife with, uh, with Melvin after the game, after game two. And I sent him the, I sent him a picture of me, my wife and Melvin. And he said, dad, this is books, dad. And, you know, he's really happy, you know, and this, this and that, that, you know, the, the, the sons have made it here and, you know, he, he's going to get to, you know, celebrate his son, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing he tells me was like, Hey man, you and Melvin, you guys changed the sons. And that was heartbreaking. <laughs> Dude, that took like a pod. That took a horribly dark <laughs> turn. I don't like. Well, dude. <laughs> but that, uh, but 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 that's my dad. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you know what, man? <laughs> Bring it back around. Here's what I'm trying to say: is a hey, call your parents, man, because my mom's been in the hospital for two fucking months. My dad is awesome, but I don't get to like take advantage of his awesomeness and like just do that shit dude that's all i can say reach out to your parents and enjoy your goddamn life i i i believe if i can if i can quote matthew lissy if i if i'm doing this correctly go home and and hug your family i believe is is his his sign off yes Uh, on jam session did i get it right (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's wrap up this episode of Fanny the Flame, shall we, boys? Let's Paul. Let's a little it's, voice. Is now the right time to mention my daughter's Invisalign since we're talking about Matt Lissy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's. Yes. Yes. Dan, quickly, awesome. quickly, quickly, look up their Twitter handle and plug it. Let's just keep rolling out the the, 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 the plug. Some somebody somebody will catch on. Absolutely. All, all, all right, so. We will wrap up this episode. I'm not, I'm not even let anybody chime in any further. We're just going to wrap up this episode. Bloom, man, I, thank you so much, bro. Like, love having you on. Like Paul said earlier, you are welcome whenever you want. Uh, you know, we'll, you call it. Hey, you know what? You call and be like, hey, I want to talk sons. We'll just we'll just hop on a call and we'll we'll pod right there. I, I don't even care. So, dude, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. Can't wait to hear you on the radio this year. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. You other two. And, yeah. Uh, Hey, you know what? Well, hey, it's no, no, always no, no, no. But, fun. Hey, it's can always we think, fun. Can we thank Bloomer for being like down to earth as fuck? <laughs> as I would like to say it. I need dude. a t-shirt that says that. Oh, oh dude, dude, I got God. it. I got it. <laughs> it's going to come with the, it's going to come with merch? your it's going to come with your bottle of Angel's Envy. Buffalo. It's going to be <laughs> Angel's Envy and a personalized t-shirt. Oh, God. And that will be the first official Fan of the Flames t-shirt will be down to earth as fuck. Love it. Fantastic. Uh, look look at this. Sponsored by Buffalo Trace Whiskey. <laughs> until, until they send us a cease and desist letter because they are not sponsoring us at all. All right, boys. Hey, Bloom. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. And yes, thank you for being down to earth as fuck. Paul echoes that sentiment because I'm not going to let him talk because I'm ready to wrap this up, post this, and get a little bit of sleep. So everybody out there, regardless of where you are, Depending on when you're listening, thank you for listening and have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening.